Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. <laughs> but what about the soul? We've got to pay attention, and that's why we come here on a Sunday, to pay attention to what the Lord wants to do in our soul. It is well with your soul. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, I'm starting, Dom. Yeah. So, you know what? The sermon, what's the sermon about? Well, the sermon, the title today is this. The Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. And uh, there is a prophet. His name is Nahum. He is a minor prophet. Okay? You have major prophets. You have minor prophets. And he's one of the minor prophets. And in Nahum, chapter 1, there's only a few chapters. And verse 7, it says, The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. What a wonderful verse that is. The Lord is good. Yes, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. It's a very rare thing that somebody would open the Bible, a preacher, and would share a sermon from the book of Nahum. And here we are today because of that verse says, the Lord is good. So I'm telling you just a little bit of an overview. He's a minor prophet, is Nahum. Okay, and he is, so they say, the highest of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And you may wonder when he prophesied. Well, about the time of Isaiah and Micah. And that was 750 years before Jesus Christ was born. And where was he born? Well, he was from Galilee. We know where Galilee is, don't we, Don? Yeah. It's up near the north, the Sea of Galilee. And uh, Capernaum is one of those towns situated on the shores of Galilee. And Capernaum means village of Nahum. He obviously came from that place. And uh, it's a book of prophecy. And the prophecy is against that place called Nineveh. If you go to the British Museum in London, West Central 2, WC2, you will come across British Museum and you'll see many artefacts about the destruction and about the wars and the victories over Nineveh. And they are there in the British Museum, 25, 30 miles from where we live. Evidence. Evidence to prove that the Bible is real and that the Bible is true. And people that are atheists, they cut off their nose to spite their face. You heard that saying before? Not heard it? They cut off their nose to spite their face because they say, oh, we're atheists. We don't believe in this book. But the evidence and the proof of what this book writes about, what the prophets have written about, it's in the British Museum, isn't it, Mayette? She got a book, a book at home. It's got evidences of the truth of Scripture in the British Museum. Yes. So, roughly, you know that prophet Jonah? 
You know that God told him to go to Nineveh, that great city? He said 40 days and then destruction. And they all repented. You know that. They all put on sackcloth. Come and sit down, my dear. Come on. They all put on sackcloth. They all repented. They all did what the prophet said. And God withheld his destruction over the city. However, however, years went by, like 150, and they got up to no good again. And so the prophet Nahum has prophesied against that great city. You know, now some people say this. Now, I don't know whether you've ever come across this before, but some say that there is a prophecy in this, in this book of the Bible about the motor car. Has anyone ever heard of this before? Did anybody, shall we have a look? So turn to chapter 2. And we'll look at two verses. I'm not dwelling on this for the morning, but I just wanted to show you. And you can make up your own mind if this is true to what you think. So chapter 2 and verse, verse 3 and 4, we'll read this. It says here, The shield of his mighty men is made red. This is chapter 2, verse 3. The valiant men are in scarlet. The chariots shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation. And the fir trees shall be terribly shaken. Verse 4. Listen. The chariots shall rage in the streets. They shall jostle one against another in the broad ways. They shall seem like torches. They shall run like the lightnings. Now, I don't know what you think, but... Someone said this is a prophecy of the motor car. You know, if you go down to uh, London or New York City in the evening and you see the cars with all their headlights on and roaming to and fro, it looks like they're talking about this prophecy. I thought I'd say that because we've been, we hired this lovely car called a, a Kia Sportage. And that's why I was thinking about that verse, you know. So anyway, the text today, the Lord is good. Tell it wherever you go. I don't know the words on your lips when you meet people, but here is a message of tranquility in a time of trouble. It's a message of comfort in a time of chaos. It's a message of peace in a time of peril. We all are tiltering in, in a world that we're surrounded by. And you have your jobs. You work for the NHS. You work as a handyman or a maintenance man or a painter and decorator or whatever background you'll come from. But we're living in a world which is tiltering always on trouble. It's tiltering always on chaos. It's tiltering always on peril. You know, a, a family from Syria, they're desperate to get out of their 
city which has been blown away by this missile and that missile and whatnot, and they will spend their whole life savings. They will go round the village and collect money off all the rest of the villagers and say, we want to get our son to the UK so that he can get an education and get a job and send all of his wages back home. You know what I'm saying? People live like that around the world. But here, oh, may God bless those families with a Bible and with a preacher or a, a missionary. You know, because that person will bring this message to them. The Lord is good. He can bring you peace. He can bring you comfort. He can bring you tranquility. That's what God can do. You know, we have our youngsters here today, Jeffro, Jezreel, and, and Linnell, and, and, and Camille, and Adriel, and, and those that are not here. You know, you bless people because God has given you such lovely kids that he wants to bless you with, with the mind of God, with the mind of Christ. And we can have Jeffro stand up here and as Paul says, you're a great speaker. You know, that's what we want. We want to see the gift of God unfold within each and every one of us, don't we? And we can say, God is good. Because it's not like that for all of us. Some of us that grow up in a dysfunctional family, you know, and we, we, we live life as if every day's a survival. And, and I'm one of those people that have been through such a life. You know, the Lord is good. What does this reveal to us? Well, I'm telling you, it reveals his personality. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. Hasn't he done it to you? I think he has. Wonderful. It's good news. That's what it is. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. He's not a divine dictator. You know, like the guy down in North Korea. What's his name, Mayette? Yeah, he's not got all these weapons, like, hanging out of his front room, aiming at the United States or Europe or wherever. God's not a dictator like that, ready to punish anybody that's going to 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 rebel against the system. Yeah, we saw three guys that had escaped North Korea the other day, didn't we? Do you remember? Was it I said North Korea? One of the guys, just a young man like you, Linnell, he swam six hours in the sea. He swam from the north of Korea down to the south of Korea. How incredible was that? Just to get away from a dictator. God is not a tyrant. Ready to pounce on us every time we do wrong. Every time we slip up. Every time we fall into sin. We, we think he's going to beat us up. We think he's going to send out the, the church police to come knocking on your door and saying, what are you getting up to? Eh? God's not like that, is he? No. The devil is, yeah, 
You're, the the Lord Jesus is not Liam. The Lord is not a tyrant. The devil will jump on your back. When you slip up, when you fall into sin, when you let the Lord down, when you let the Lord down, he'll be on your case and he'll say, You know what? You're not a Christian. You're just a you're just a dirtbag, a teenage dirtbag baby. Yes? That's what the devil is like. Sorry, Jezreel. All right? But the devil is like, he'll hammer it into you that you're good for nothing. But God is not like that. When one little sheep goes astray and all the other 99 are all nice and safe in the house of God, in the family of God, what does the shepherd do? He goes, he leaves the 99 and says, you lot stay there, I'll be back. He goes looking for that little lost soul. Yeah? And when he finds it, what's he do? Don't give it a kick up the backside. He picks it up and puts it around his neck. You've seen the pictures in the little children's Bible books. Puts that little sheep round his neck and he's happy as anything. And he walks all the way home and he tells his friends, come and rejoice with me. My little sheep was lost, but now he's found. That's what the Lord Jesus is like. He is good all the time. When I was a young man in the charismatic church, we used to sing this other song. God is good. No, I've sung that one, haven't I? I'll sing another one. God is good. We sing and shout it. God is good. Do you know that one, Nanny? We celebrate. Any, am I on, on my own today? <laughs> we sang these songs when I was a new believer. But listen, if you want to see the goodness of God, if you're saying, John, I don't know what you're talking about, mate, go to Keswick. Go up to the Lake District. And when you get there, and just take, just take a moment and look around. And you'll be in awe. You'll, be, you'll see all these mountains upon mountains. And do you know what? Even when it's bad weather, even when it's bad weather and it's raining, it looks beautiful. Doesn't it, Nika? The clouds come down and the, the hills, the top of the hills are up in the clouds and you're like that. Wow. And you, you think the Lord's up there, you know. You think there's going to be lightings like in the book of Moses or the book of Exodus. It's spectacular. It really is. And you read the, the creation story in the book of Genesis. You know, it's so wonderful. Have you ever heard people say that they, someone might say, oh, well, where do you live? And they say, I live in God's country. Have you ever heard that phrase before? I've heard it a, a few times. And it, it's like Keswick is like God's country. It's spectacular. It's got it all. You know, if you want to see a little weasel run across the road, you'll see it in Keswick. If you want to see a, a duck walking down the, 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 the grass, you, you'll see it in Keswick. If you want to see a bunch of sheep lying in the road, yeah, controlling everything, yeah, you bib your horn and suddenly there's 50 sheep all running along the road, you'll see it in Keswick. If you want to see a bunch of cows, 
yeah, controlling the traffic, yeah, as if they got all their time in the world, you'll see it in Keswick. It's lovely. It is beautiful. You've got God's creation, and God's creation declares that God is good all the time. It's beautiful. You know, creation itself is good. It was only humanity that fell into sin, not creation. And sadly, God had to curse the ground because to discipline man. You know, because man was rebelling and God cursed the ground. But anyway, when I think of the cross upon which the Lord of glory died, that's when I really see that God is good. That when man was in trouble, when man was fallen, when there was no way to get out of this, this condemnation that, is, that comes with sin, you know, when we think of these things, God showed his goodness in sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the cross. And it was a demonstration of his mercy and of his love that we see the goodness of God in the Lord Jesus being crucified. How wonderful. Isn't that the best story ever told? You know, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, life and the, the things that happen in this life do not ever get any better than knowing that Jesus Christ and him crucified demonstrates the love of God where you and I can, can, can get that peace, that peace within us that surpasses all understanding. How good is God? We just look to Jesus and we see that. The Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble. That's what the prophet said. He is a place of protection in times of peril. You know, and I, I've said it already. We left Keswick at 9.30 and everybody just wanted, it's a long journey, people. It's, it's five hours continuous driving without stopping. And if you stop for one hour, that's six, it takes the whole day. And while we were sitting at McDonald's at a service station, I was thinking, do you know what, this journey's like flying to, to uh, somewhere, well, not quite as far as the Philippines, but maybe... The Middle East, it's a long journey. It's a journey, driving that car. And do you know what? I fell asleep five times, had five micro sleeps. Going down the mud. Oh, Mayette knows I'm falling asleep. She's going to do her nap. <laughs> but how about this? You know, we came down near uh, Milton Keynes and there was about five cars. Uh, and a caravan, all involved in an accident. And Dominic took some photographs. And when you calculate the driving, the mileage, we were one mile from that accident. Weren't we, Mayette? We were one mile. You know, that's not far when you work out the grand scheme of the time, the mileage. Could have been us. God is good. He's protected us yesterday, and I'm very thankful. Very quickly, I'm going to go over some old stories. 
jackanory time, okay? I was in great trouble a long time ago. I've been in trouble quite a lot in my life. I really have. I've, I've upset a lot of people in my time. I really have. And there have been times, you know, as a 16-year-old boy, sorry, Jeffrey, I'll tell you, mate, as a 16-year-old, I had half of Warner's End after me. Half of them. All the big 20-year-olds, they heard my name. They wanted to get their hands around my throat. They wanted to strangle me. And I could tell you story after story. I mean, we, we used to go to the youth club at Warner's End. We loved it. We lived there, us little rebels. And these big blokes came up one day in their cars, in their vans, and they just wanted to kick our butts. And when I came out the youth club and I saw these big men, I didn't like it. And they were beating up my friends. I didn't like it. I knew they'd beat me up if they get their hands up. Do you know what I did? I saw their van, their nice blue van, and I thought, right, you're going to get what I think. And I went out, bang, I kicked the van in, smashed the van in, and they turned around and see me kicking their van. And I, I jumped over the wall at the pub, and they weren't happy. And in those days, I had these glasses, they were national health glasses. And there were three boys in that area. They, we all had the same glasses. And they came looking for me. On the Friday night, they came up. I was only 14. <laughs> Big men. They wanted to get, they wanted that. And they found the other two boys with the glasses. They said, that's not him. That's not him. <laughs> it was like they were sending a search party out for me. And I, I was walking down from the shops like a little bit of a lad I was, Jeffro. And um, I went out with this girlfriend called Karen. She was a real sweetie. She come run out. She said, John, John, don't go there. I said, why not? She said, they come up here to get hold of you, these big old blokes. They wanted to get there. They said, you kick their van in. I said, yeah, I know. I remember. But I, she, through her, I was very, it was like here to the door away. And they could have got me, but she saved my, well, we say we, she saved my bacon. The Lord used her in those days to protect me. How about this? Do you know what I did? When I was 16, 17, I took up tattooing. Me and my brother Shane. And I spent a few years learning how to tattoo. Did you, you know this, don't you? I've told you, haven't I? I was, I was in a punk rock band and my mate Terry was an apprentice butcher. And when we got these tattoo guns, I said to Terry, we need some skin. <coughs> he said, do you? What do you want? I said, anything with skin on it so we can practice tattooing. You know what he did? He came down my dad's house with two carrier bags. They had pig's heads in them. <laughs> right? Two pig's heads. And I'm telling you the truth. We put them on the on the worktop in the garage and we tattooed them all over. Mum, Dad, Sex Pistols, all were tattooed, covered all over. That was the beginning of my tattooing career. But do you, know, do you know what happened? Somebody sold me some dodgy ink, a, a tattooist 
uh, a supplier. You know, you get your supplies from somewhere. And they, they sold me this ink and this red ink. I tattooed it into people's arms and their legs. And guess what? It never healed. It never healed. And you, you know people, they spend a lot of money getting tattoos nowadays. And I asked Dominic, he did a Google search. People pay 60 to 150 pounds an hour to get tattoos. And there was me, a little young man, tattooing people, putting this dodgy ink in, and it never healed. Do you know how many people I upset? Two, three hundred people with this dodgy ink? Oh, my name wasn't worth hearing. I heard people phoning me out. They said, John, you're in trouble, mate. I said, what have I done? What have I done? They said, listen, you're putting dodgy ink in people. I said, have I? Yeah, people are going to take you to court. I thought, here we go, dearie me. People are going to take me, what? They're going to sue me. And there's this man in, in Dunstable, he did not like me. He was an older man, he hated me. You know what he said to people? If you want to catch AIDS, go see Johnny G. How, how is, that's very nice, isn't it? And, and this man would spread rumours about me. It's not true. I didn't give anybody AIDS. But when he heard I put dodgy ink in someone, he was trying to egg people on to sue me to get rid of me. Very hard. I've been through some hard times. And all I can say is, God has protected me. I'm going back 30, 37 years ago this was. God has looked after me. God has kept me safe. 14 years ago, do you know where I was? In a hospital bed in Watford. My life hanging by a thread. My dear Mayette asking you lot to pray for me. The doctor saying to the nurses, make it look good. He's not going to make it through the night. I don't know if a doctor has ever said that to you, Jen, or Leo, or Nika, you know, but Annie, that's what the consultants told the nurse. She told me. And poor Mayette, broken-hearted, just married me, what, 18 months, a year and a half before this, and I'm nearly dying because of that tragic accident. God is good. God is good. Here I am. In spite of all these troubles. You know, I read from Psalm 34. Many are the troubles of a righteous man, but the Lord delivers him from them all. God is good all the time. He's put a song of praise in this heart of mine. And if God can do that to me, he can do it to every one of us. We do not need to despair. Jesus said, John 16, Dom, verse 33, trouble comes to each and every one of us. Trouble comes. But the Lord, the Lord will meet us where that trouble is. While we were away the week, let's have a look, there we go. These things have I spoken unto you, that in, them, in me you might have peace. 
In this world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He is there. He is alive. He is watching and waiting and looking after and protecting us. God is good all the time. Whether you've had an accident, whether you're sick, whether you're under emotional stress, whether you're in a depression, you know, whether you've got financial issues, it's not hard for the Lord to turn it all around. You know, like for example, you say, John, what example have you got? Well, go to the Old Testament. Go to the life of Joseph, the father's favourite, in his Technicolor dream coat. And the brothers were all jealous of him. And they couldn't wait to get him out of the way, could they? You know the story. They beat him. They abused him. They were going to murder him. They threw him into a pit. And then they saw some Ishmaelites coming. They sold him into slavery. And he spent the next, I, I would say it was nearly 20 years. I think maybe 15 years he spent as a slave in Potiphar's house. Then he spent years in a prison. This is a young man, a man of God. And you think, surely not. Surely God wouldn't let that happen to my Jephro. Well, Jephro, I'm sorry, my dear friend. It could. It could happen to Lanel. But, you know, God is in the, the work of discipleship. That's what God's in the, in the work of doing. And he wants to train us through each and every situation. And jo Joseph's time in prison was to prepare him for being prime minister of Egypt. That's what it was. How to manage people. How to look after people. Whether they're prisoners or whether they're social people in, an, in, a, in a community. God knows what he's doing. And when the time is right, he'll graduate you to the next level. And therefore, little Joseph becomes, Israel, not Israel, Egypt's prime minister. God is good all the time. Tell it wherever you go. He knows how to deal with you and he knows how to deal with your personal troubles. Can you? Can you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you put your faith in him? You know, I'm going to tell you something. It's a privilege to know God. It's an honour to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I have to say, I, don't, I think you've noticed, I've got nothing, me and Prince King Charles, not Prince Charles, he doesn't know me. He, I don't know him. I've seen him in the newspapers. I've seen him on the telly. I even watched his coronation. But I don't know him. And he doesn't know me. And Rishi Sunak. Anybody know Rishi Sunak here? But have you met him? Does he know who you are? He don't give a monkeys, I'm sorry. <laughs> if we upset him, he might put our taxes up. But I don't know the man. And I've seen his picture. Jeffro looks like him. Sorry, Jeffro, but he, you do. And, and he even used his hands. He was talking like him. 
dear Jeffro, we love you dearly and we, we want great things for you and Lanelle and, and, and all the youngsters. But I'll tell you something, I might not know Rishi Sunak and I might not know King Charles, but I know the Lord. And I can tell you, he is good. All the time. And he can turn my life around and he has turned my life around. And that makes me happy. And you can look through chapter after chapter, verse after verse, and you will discover God is good. God is good. You know, I, I overlooked something, and, and I say this to you. In John 10, he says that my sheep know my voice. You know that? You think, well, how often does he talk? Well, I tell you, when you're up against it, when the going gets tough, and everything is against you, cry out to him, he'll talk to you. When I was under my truck with punctured lungs and 23 broken bones, and I'm about to drown in my own fluids in my, my lungs, my, uh, the blood was seeping into my lungs, I was about to die, just minutes, maybe half an hour, I was about to die, I heard a voice. I was unconscious. Unconscious! When you're unconscious, you don't speak! You can't speak! But I heard a voice. You haven't got long here. I was unconscious. And I heard those very words. And I, my spirit wasn't unconscious. Did you know that? When your body has been knocked out, your spirit's not knocked out, is it? I've been think I think a lot about this. My spirit said to these words, haven't got long where? Because I heard the voice. And then the voice said, you need to deal with this quickly. I heard those words. And my spirit said, deal with what quickly? Do you understand me? When your body is unconscious, it doesn't know what's happening, but your spirit does know. And then he said, otherwise you're gone. And my spirit said, gone where? That's what happened when I was under my truck, my pickup truck. And I was unconscious. And what I'm saying to you is, God is good. Because when the going gets tough, when, when it's trouble, trouble, trouble and, and everything's against you, God will be there. You understand me? And I say, God is good. He is so good. And I've met many people at work and, and we talk and, and I tell them this story. I tell them that I got run over by my own pickup truck and some people laugh at me. But I, then I say, Someone talk to me. And then they listen. I've got them captive. And then I say, I believe in Jesus. And I believe God told God spoke to me there and then. When the going is tough. And there have been other people like 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 Moses when people wanted to, to, to get their hands on him. And God spoke to Moses. And, and there were times when Paul the Apostle, when people stoned him and, and left him for dead, and God spoke to him. 
And you read this throughout the whole Bible and you think, well, God's speaking to these people, but I don't think he said anything to me. But when you're in trouble, he will speak. Call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, and he will talk to you when it's ready. Yes? God is good. I'm going to tell you this. You can talk to him any time. You like. Any time in prayer, can't you, Mika? You can say, Lord, how are you today? Lord, you know, I'm coming up the road in the car and I'm, it's Sunday, Sunday morning. We're getting ready for the service. What am I doing? I say, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God's waiting to hear those words from you. That's what he's and then you talk to him. He's going to talk to you. God is good all the time. He put, you know, when we go, to, we go to Keswick, take a week out, one week. How many weeks in a year? 52. Just one week. Go away for a week up Keswick. You'll experience the goodness of God. If you say, John, I never had the goodness of God. I've never known. I've never, you know, go, go, go. And you'll have a good time. And you'll be coming home saying, God is good all the time. <laughs> Trust him. Believe in him. Jesus said to the disciples, you believe in God? Believe also in me. Yes, trust him. Go spend time with him. Take time out for him. Be with him. Yes? And if you want to form a relationship, people, yeah, young, anyone that's single here today, if you want to form a good relationship, it's got to be based on trust, isn't it? You want to trust someone? They want to trust you? Give them your time. Give them, give them a little bit of time and then give them a bit more. And the more you give them, do you know what? They're going to give something back to you. Give God your time. You will discover that he's good. Take time to speak slowly. Take time to just listen to him. We were always rushing around. We've always got so much to do. Oh, I've got to do my own work. Oh, I've got to go and pay my bills. Oh, I've got to go to work. Oh, I've got to go shopping. Oh, you understand? Here we're on the go all the time. Take time out. Yes, give it to the Lord. Because you've got to remember this, people, and I'm speaking from experience. He longs to spend time with you. He longs. You want to be with your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Yes. God wants to be with you. He wants you to be with him. He's worthy. He's so worthy of all our time, all our faith, all our trust. He wants to give himself. He wants to... Paul says, and I'm closing now. Paul says that we can have the mind of Christ. What a wonderful thing to have. And we'll get that if we take the time to be with him and to learn of him and to just pray with him or into him. We can have the mind of Christ. Our bodies, 
are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he can pour himself into us. And wherever you go, he goes. Whatever you, whatever party you go to, whatever work you go, he goes with you. God is good all the time. Let's pray. Lord, we're just so excited about who, who you are, what you are. Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 1130 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.